All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Usher Station. I'm Jonathan. I'm here with Jerome and Alex. Hey. Hi. <laughs> um, and today, we're going to be talking about all things horror film. So if you are a horror fanatic, you will enjoy this episode. Um, this is a very special episode because we are recording this one day before Alex's birthday. Aw. So happy birthday to Alex. When this uploads, she her birthday will have passed. Um, so go ahead and wish her happy birthday. Uh, follow her on social media. That would be a wonderful birthday present. It's like yeah. a weird time to have a birthday. <laughs> it is. But thank you. Yeah. I mean, but if you're the type of person who has birthdays that are uh, inside, you know, then you're more introverted with your birthdays. Yeah, I guess it's a great time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I usually am. My birthdays tend to be more like my mom and my sister. I actually recently just started like going out to like dinner or bars when I moved out to Seattle. But like you guys are like last year, mm-hmm. I think I oh I um, went over to Lauren's house and watched a documentary, uh, the Flat Earthers, uh, that documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to watch it. But I needed somebody else to control the remote because I kept changing. I kept changing it because it, they just drove me crazy. <laughs> but so that's what how I spent my birthday last year, and this year I'm spending it in quarantine. Hey. So <laughs> it's been an interesting couple of years. That's good. Um, well, since it is your birthday, I figured you might want to start the conversation off on horror. You know, we as a trio. We have um, been to quite a few horror slash thriller slash scary movies in general. Mm-hmm. It's kind of our thing. Anytime a horror movie comes out, you know, we're like, hey, do you guys want to see this? Um, so, yeah, if you want to go ahead and start off the conversation about, like, what are some of your favorite horror movies? Well, I'm a big traditional one, so I quite enjoy, like, Child's Play. I was really upset when they did the remake. Um, really, my all-time favorite one would have to be Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. That was one of the earliest horror films I remember watching, and I still love it. Freddy Krueger is one of my favorite serial killers, I guess I could comment it and put it that way. Um, so I just kind of I'll watch pretty much any horror film, even the really crappy, cheesy ones, because I just like I just like watching them. I always have. And it's really funny because people freak out because I'll put on a horror film right before I go to sleep. Apparently, that's not a normal thing to do. And uh, usually people are like, no, I need a break. I need to watch something like cartoonish or Disney. And I'm just like, my mom will be like, oh, you've had a stressful day. Get in bed, put on a horror film and then go to bed. It's okay. (laughs) So it's like, it's quite different for me. It's just a part of the routine. Pretty much. I at least watch a horror film a day or something a short film on like YouTube, you know, one of those shorts that are spooky or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I know some movies we have all watched together has been like Us. Would that count? Yeah, that's a horror film. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Us. And then what? It. Jonathan, you saw The Nun. Mm-hmm. The Nun was. They did so well in the advertising, but uh, they kind of skipped out on her. Makeup and costume when it yeah. had actually come down. To I, 
Which was I still laugh at that jump scare where it's like she's walking down the hall with the lamp or whatever, and then there's a nun following behind her. And then when she turns around to see her, another nun just comes up and jacks her up like she's trying to steal her money or something. Like, give me your wallet! <laughs> the only reason I jumped during that movie was because of Tevin. Um, who, Tevin is another usher that used to work with us. He came you've seen up- our TikTok, you've seen him go through uh, a standee. <laughs> a Thor standee. Uh, I was, I, sl- I, hit it, I hit it with a hammer to make the hole bigger. Uh, and I was like, jump through it, Tevin. And he tried once. And then I'm like, no, no, no. You have to use your legs. I assumed he was going to like high kick it, but he went with both legs. And um, that is how we got that video. But uh, <laughs> you no, want to see that video, follow us on TikTok. <laughs> uh, but he did come up behind us from a burn the nun. And Jonathan just kind of was like, oh, hey, look. And I looked over, and then Tevin's like this close. So that's part <laughs> of the only movie I got kind of scared at because of Tevin. Yeah, it was mostly about, what, four or five jump scares? That was the only relatively scary part of the movie. The plot, the scenery, nothing else really was scary. Mm -hmm. I kind of like the idea and concept of it because people have really big religious attachments to to nuns. So the thought of making one evil is interesting, you know, not just like human evil, where it's like Catholics are good to them, but like there's a demon attached to a nun. I do love demonic and like possession movies and supernatural movies. Like those type of movies are honestly my favorite. I can't do them. I, I believe in it. So I'm not going to play with it. I'm not going to pretend like, like I can't show up one day and someone else be possessed or something like that. I'm not, I'm not here for it the slashers and stuff that's all fantasy stuff like that psychological horror is really interesting to me but when it comes to like demons and possession and stuff i'm not for it um but that not to say that the movies aren't good i'm sure the movies are perfectly fine and great horror films um just that's just my own personal uh thing i get what you say i mean i actually believe that stuff too but i just still love watching it the spookier it is you know the better i sleep at night Alex, do you remember last summer when we saw Nightmare Cinema? Yeah, I, it was a weird... I didn't... So, um, Nightmare Cinema was a mix of seven films, as I recall, and everybody entered into an old movie theater mm-hmm. uh, where they got to view how they died or their deepest fears or stuff like that. I did not understand the one... Um, Again, there was like an anth- anthropological anthropology. Uh, anthology. Anthology, that's the word. Uh, film set. Uh, I didn't entirely understand the. I think it was one of the last ones where the woman ha- is going into like a psychiatrist's office, and things are starting to like disintegrate around her. But it's also shifting into this like weird reality, and her kids are trying to kill her and not kill her at the same time. How did I forget this one? I don't even... It's the one where she's like, my children are aliens. Oh, yeah. And everything was just dirty and like the guys like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it it in like black and white? No. Some of the parts were in black and white though, right? I think so. I think it just turned that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that one I did not entirely understand. 
I think it was just trying to hit on like a deeper level, but in the sense where it was in the other with the other seven films, they were all kind of campy and jokey. Mm-hmm. So to try to hit a psychological deep one is kind of like. Yeah, there was the one with uh, the plastic surgery um, where the woman, like the, I can't remember what happened, but I just remember like, I think cause she was marrying like her husband and the family didn't like some of her features or something. So she got plastic surgery. I think that was the plot of it. Uh, That was like the first, I, the first or second one. Yeah. She got like plastic surgery and they like took away her nose mm-hmm. and like stretched her mouth this far. They kind of just morphed her. And he's like, oh, you look just like my mom. And the mom comes in and she's all just like Play-Doh'd like that too. Yeah. It's on Amazon now. Like to stream. Oh, right. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, that's weird. Why does this look familiar? And then I'm like, that's right. <laughs> reminds me of um, like an anthology movie. Uh, Horror series reminds me of uh, Trick or Treat. Like Trick R the, the uh, letter and then treat which is an anthology series where it all takes place on um, one night of Halloween and it's a bunch of different stories that involve you know some of them are like supernatural ones other ones are just like uh, you know the serial killer horror type I won't spoil it for you in case you watch it uh, but it's a really good movie um, and, it ha- and it has uh, it's the movie with that mascot of the little kid with like the burlap sack uh, bag over his head like the big um yeah he's got the pumpkin lollipop yeah i and uh, it's a really good movie it's really good i like that movie a lot oh. um uh, i'm not a fan of like anthology films like that i kind of like just one set storyline and just stay with the people <laughs> i i like both i think especially cuz it reminds me kind of you know, one you don't have to get too attached to the characters so if the movie's getting boring or the plot's going nowhere, then it's like, okay, on to the next one. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think it uh, depends on me. Like, to me, it depends on just, like, the quality of it. Because, like, you have something like Trick or Treat where it's, like, one person directing all these stories and they all tie into one another where you see characters from other stories come into other the other stories to so it helps tie the film together. But then you have something like VHS, which is just a bunch of essentially short horror movies directed by different people. And so like the, like the first few were okay where it was just like uh, they got some really good directors. And then like the, the last couple, some of them were good. Like some of the shorts were good. Other ones weren't. So it always, for me, it always just depends on how you're doing it and who's doing it. Cause if it's one person, normally it's a lot better cause it's one vision as far as like directing uh, goes. Um, but if it's like multiple people, then it's a bit of a, it's just how well does everybody's different stories tie together as far as like in theme, or if it is characters, like having those characters jump between each, each story. Yeah, I can see what you mean with that. Uh, yeah. Speaking of like short stories, uh, um, does... The strange thing about the Johnsons count as horror. <laughs> I, that, I mean, in they, someone's no. mind, it is a horror movie, I'm sure. <laughs> it's traumatizing, I'll give you that, but it, I don't believe it's horror. It is definitely, like, psychological... Uh, well, I don't know. Because drama. It's directed by the same guy who's directed Midsummer and Hereditary, and 
those two movies could be considered like at least hereditary is more of a i haven't seen hereditary but from what i hear it's more of a straight horror movie than midsummer is midsummer is a lot more psychological and creepy but uh i would say it's on the same vein as a strange thing about the johnsons where it's not that it's horrible because it's like a lot of people are dying or there's a high body count but because that situation is just so stressful and like creepy and puts you in a, in a place where you're just like, yeah, I, I don't want to be here no more. I don't want to be with these people anymore. I can see what you're saying about that. But at the same time, there is like an arc to like every like genre you see. And I wouldn't file that one. Uh, the director clearly has some family issues. Um, he needs to work through. Cause I remember you telling me that, with Johnson's hereditary and all that. I'm like, clearly he, you know, he definitely needs to see some family. He needs to see some therapist. There's yeah, nothing wrong all with that. All of his movies have some weird, creepy family connection um, that's, you know, terrifying and dives into this space that sometimes you don't want to dive in but yeah. i really enjoy his movies <laughs> i do more. i think they kind of mess with you on a another level which i appreciate but Midsummer, like like scarred me <laughs> oh my god when he drank the juice that when he drank the juice i was like don't drink the lemonade. <laughs> i know i'm like don't you notice it's a different color mm-hmm. well he didn't see the you know we know because we've seen the um Right, the, the tapestry. But if you he notice everybody else's color of lemonade is is yellow and yours is pink, you maybe thought it was strawberry drink it. You know, strawberry lemonade. It had it had, it had a tang to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's still like you're literally the nobody else but you. I mean, that would automatically just make me suspicious about everything. For me, it's more just like the, because a lot of the, you know, the creepiness of Midsummer is that a lot of the horror is off screen as far as what happens to a lot of the characters. And so I thought it was like, it's one of those things where there's, but there's hints of stuff going on. It's like, where's this character? I don't know. Did you guys hear that scream out there? Yeah, I heard it. And nobody thinks themselves, you know what? It's time to go. Something's not right. Yeah, there was like 50 people. Another thing that bothers me about certain horror films is the people aren't that stupid. I think we like to think people are, but when there's a town of like 50 people and you're hearing screaming all through the night, but your friends are missing, but none of the 50 people are, clearly something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And you should know this. Well, then that's, uh, I always pride it on horror movies that do find loopholes around that sort of thing. Like, for example, uh, the remake of Evil Dead. Well, the plot for that movie is that uh, instead, because in the first Evil Dead, in the original Evil Dead movies, it's that they're just going to a cabin to just hang out. Yeah. And then they're just there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and, the movie that I, I, I haven't seen any of the other Evil Deads other than that original first one. Uh, Evil Dead 2 is really good. I like Evil Dead 2. But, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and Army of Darkness is on my list of movies to watch every Halloween. It is so Because it's so funny. good. It's so funny. I, I, it's considered a horror film, but it's more, of a, it's more of a comedy. More of a horror comedy, yeah. Um, but the Evil Dead remake, they do, um, they change the plot where the main character uh, is this girl instead of Ash. And, uh, and the plot is that she is a recovering drug addict. 
So when like all the weird stuff starts happening, they, they, they think it's weird, but they think that it's just her saying things because she wants to leave to go do drugs. And, and so, so there's a, you know, motivational reason for them to, st- to stay at this creepy cabin, despite what's going on. And then by the time they realize it's a, you know, demon thing going on, it's too late to leave. Cause now the bridge has been destroyed and, you know, the rest of the movie goes on. But I was like, that's really, that's a neat way to like give your characters a real motivation for not with, wanting to leave the area. With actually with the original, with the original evil dead, Ash never got possessed. It was still his girlfriend who got, yeah, possessed. it was his girlfriend. In, in both films too. So it was the same thing. Yeah. But this time in the newest one, it was his sister. And you're right. There was that motivation of like, okay, she's acting weird. She's behaving this manner. Cause she's trying to uh, get the system the drugs out of her system. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, so I, I appreciate, so now granted, not all horror movies do it. There's a lot of horror movies. It's just, we need to go. We can't leave so-and-so behind to which I'm like, why can't we? They, they made a decision. <laughs> we gotta go. I told this to all my friends, I will leave your asses behind. <laughs> and I'm telling you two now. I've told that, like I'm very close to Lord and I've told that to her because there was one time in the concession, we, it was the last showing, we were all by ourselves and Forrest was there, who was an old security guard. They heard a noise in concessions after it was all closed up. And they're like, we should go look. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to stand right here. No. You two can go look and become Scooby-Doo, whatever. I'm not going. And then they're like, well, it was, Forrest was like, well, if you hear a scream, will you come get us? I was like, no. You're the ones who wanted to go investigate. He's like, so you're just going to let us die? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you guys that now. I will absolutely let you die. Oh no! If I, I, you know, I believe I'm a firm believer. If I see a bunch of people running, I'm running. What y'all running from? Don't matter. They running. We we going with them. <laughs> like, it don't matter what they running from. We'll find that out later once we get to a destination. We did that with my sister. Me and my cousin one time just took off running, and we just ran past her, and she just started running. I'm like, "Why are you running?" She's like, "You guys ran past me." I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> She's like, "I don't know what was happening, but I knew I had to run." I was like, "Oh, we were just running." <laughs> Like along those lines, earlier, Alex, you mentioned people not having the most logical sense in movies. I saw this, not to bring up TikTok, but I saw this TikTok the other day and it was just this guy who had this key. He was like, the caption was, people in horror movies be like, and it was this guy who was trying to put the key in the doorknob and he dropped it about five times. At one point, he even threw it across the yard. It's like your, your fingers are not that slippery when you're in a horror movie, but but like people in horror movies do not make any sense. What's even I worse than that is the tripping on nothing when there's like no, the uh-huh. middle of a field and somehow you tripped up on your own feet. Really? I would do that. I would do that. I would definitely because I've tripped on my own feet so much. Although I've gotten a lot better. I've tried myself. Um, but I would definitely be one of those people who just fell. But I've also got like an exit plan where I learned how to hide, roll and hide. And so they're going to run past me and go after you guys. And then I will know you falling. Still hide. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell do. you who is, uh, what horror movie does it right with their opening too, is uh, of, all, of what we're talking about is 28 Weeks Later. Do you remember that opening? Yeah. I love 28 Weeks Later. I haven't yeah. seen it. In the opening of 28 Weeks Later, it's this dude, I think they're on like the English countryside or Irish countryside, and uh, the zombies have like, oh yeah, they're in London. And uh, Oh no, you're right. No, they're on the English side. Sorry. And uh, zombies, the zombies have come to his house. And so the dad 
his wife and son are calling out to him like, Dad, like, don't go help us. And he's just looking at them like, nah. Yo, okay, nah. So one, of my, one of my zombie <laughs> camera films. It was actually, so it was his wife. He, his kids were actually with their like uncle, I want to say, in Ireland. And it was only in England where the infection happened, which was an epidemic. Mm -hmm. not a pandemic uh and then 28 weeks later he had hunkered down with his wife and a couple other people and one of the one of the women they had like removed a board and looked outside because they had heard noises and they wanted to see if one of the uh zombies were close so they looked out and then the eyes disappeared which is an amazing jump scare you kind of know what's going to happen but you kind of it's still the intensity of it and it was such a well-filmed movie um, and then they go running upstairs cause there's nowhere, there's no exit. They blocked everything off and their plan is to go up the stairs, leave the zombies up and then climb out the window. And there's a little, uh, I guess canal river. Mm -hmm. not sure there's a thing. river with a boat. Yeah. And he like leaves his wife behind cause she gets pulled back. And then you see her in the last second in the window, like yelling, help me, help me. And he's just like, ah, he just pushes off from the shore. Like. Bye. Yeah, he books it too. He was booking it across that field. He was just going. That's <laughs> Adrenaline had him pumped up, but I was like, on the other hand, I was like, I can't blame you. I'm sorry, but I mean, like I do the same. I I probably do the same thing. If I felt like I couldn't help, it's like I'm sorry, but I got to take care of myself. I. They got two kids. I mean, you can't. Somebody's got to be alive for the kids. But yeah, 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later is one, a couple of my favorite films. I just have a lot of favorite horror films. <laughs> I will say um, the horror movies, I don't like the ones that are like on the camera, handheld style. Oh, found footage movies? Yeah, I do not like those very much. Like the Blair Witch Project? Yeah, the Blair Witch Project and like kind of thing. I Cloverfield, I wasn't that fan of. Cloverfield's technically an adventure horror movie. Paranormal Activity is more, um, is like, I, I think, or at least, because it was, like, Blair Witch was the first, more or less. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was a movie before it, but Blair Witch was the first one to become, like, popular. And then, and in fact, fun fact, I actually met the director of Blair Witch, uh, the original. Cool. Uh, it was really interesting to hear him talk about how they made the movie um and stuff it was uh interesting and it, it gave me it gave me a newfound respect for the movie um hearing like the work they put in to like make it authentic and feel real uh but anyway um because i know as blair witch made it popular then a couple different other movies tried to do it and it never took off as well as blair witch did well and paranormal then, activity i feel like and then paranormal activity oh, came agree. much later and was like changed the game forever and, then I, and it, now I feel like you haven't seen I, I feel like that hasn't been a thing since paranormal, paranormal activity uh well they've changed because we've had unfriended where they did the skype one where it's like it's a uh, skype call instead yeah. of like a video thing i think i've noticed a lot more just because i've watched a lot more horror films like there's movies called the gallows where these kids sneak into like this high school and it's this like weird like it's a go it's a vengeful ghost of a play even though he died by accident Apparently the ghost is still out for revenge. Or actually, wait, what's what's that movie that was released like maybe last year, the year before, and it was filmed on an iPhone? Um, oh, you're talking about that movie with uh, Greta Gerwig, I think, wasn't it? No, well, not Greta uh, Gerwig. It was um, I forget her name. It takes place in a hospital. 
Yeah, and it was filmed by a famous Unsane. director. Yeah. With uh, Claire Ford. Oh, it was supposed to be filmed on an iPhone? It was it, it filmed, was on, filmed on, an on an iPhone. Like, the whole movie was filmed on an iPhone, but it wasn't, it didn't present itself. I haven't seen it, but it didn't present itself like It's because they <laughs> could afford, you know, to get the, like, special filters and stuff you can put on an iPhone to, like, oh, yeah. still make it, to, to do it up a little bit. Like, you can't just buy an iphone and then just film a movie and it look exactly the same like they had some they had a little bit of extra like touch-up stuff but for the most part it's all filmed on an iphone yeah i didn't i haven't watched the film just because there's like a bunch of concepts going on for that film there's like you know how like every movie has that underlining meaning and then this and then that um that film felt like it had a lot when people would talk about it. they're like oh yeah it's the a uh, way American healthcare deals with mental health issues. It's the lack of freedom we have in our own choices. It's uh, nobody listening to women. It's dealing with stalker issues. It's dealing with, you know, survival. There was just a lot of everybody was like, oh, yeah, I was dealing with this. And I'm like, can it just been somebody running from a killer? There just felt like a lot going on. And it's just like, there's a lot of like under meaning tones. And it was just like, I really, then I just kind of be focused on that more than the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I never actually watched it, but I didn't know someone on that. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I wanted to watch it. I just never got around to it. I wanted to see exactly, you know, how it looked and... And it seemed in the, in the vein of, even if it wasn't filmed on an iPhone, it seemed in the vein of something that I would watch. I will tell you, I'm getting really amped up for the um, for the uh, increase of black horror coming up. Like after Jordan Peele's Get Out, now you have a bunch of these black horror movies coming out, mostly involving Jordan Peele. But still, I'm hoping to see more black people um, start making like black directors and black producers making uh, more horror films centered around the black community and stuff like that. Uh, in different roles because I think that's what makes us and Get Out and this new movie Antebellum which I'm so curious what it was going to be about because the trailers have given away nothing and then um, and Candyman which I'm excited for Candyman Uh, yeah but you know what I mean it makes sense you know like I've been with the with the times being what they are right now it's really like on one hand yeah you can release all your movies on uh, video on demand but the companies that can afford to do that are probably companies that they're fine if this movie bombs or they're fine if this movie makes like just a little bit of money um, versus like something. Are you looking like at a- Trolls? No. <laughs> Trolls World Tour. When was Candyman supposed to be released? July, uh, I think. Yeah, um, I think in the summer. But it's. No, it's, uh, yeah, it, got, it was supposed to be released in July. I think they pushed it back to September. Oh, so not not a long pushback. Speaking oh, of that, to be released June twenty June twelfth. Okay. I think it's pushed back to that date. Go on. Mm. Speaking of that, I was going to bring this up earlier, but I think now it's more appropriate time. Um, I don't know if I showed you guys. I showed um, some of the other when we were working as ushers. I showed some of the other ushers I know. Um, the blackening. I think I showed you, Alex, actually. It was a sketch on um, Comedy Central's, like, it was, a, it was an online sketch. And it was basically, like, what would happen if... 
Oh yeah. Last of a horror movie was all black. <laughs> and so they're basically, and I su- implore anyone who's watching or listening to this to go watch the sketch because it's hilarious. Basically it's about like nine or 10 black people and they're camping and then a killer comes after them and they're running. One gets left behind. The person who gets left behind is like, okay, the killer let me go because I felt like a white woman. And he said that he's only going to kill the person who's the blackest. He got confused and he doesn't know who to kill because he saw that we're all black. So he's only going to kill the person who's the blackest. So they all are fighting (laughs) to prove that they're not the blackest. They're like, I'll let my dog kiss me in the mouth. I like mayonnaise. It's the best condiment. It's hilarious. It is a really good. And then it makes you think like, oh, what if there was like a horror film with just people of color? And it's like, and who is this got that joke? And you get Leprechaun in the Hood. There is one. <laughs> and Leprechaun I, all, I meant like, you know, brown people too, not just black. Yeah. I, it is interesting, um, but I think it's because, you know, it is interesting there's not a lot of minorities. Tales in the Hood. Oh, Tales from the, uh, Tales from the Tales Hood, from the though, hood. is like... <sighs> <laughs> that may have set black people back a little bit. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Tales from the Hood 2, though. Oh, my God. That was spooky. Have you ever seen that, Jonathan? Tales from the Hood 2 is not, not that spooky. It's worse than Tales from the Hood 1. <laughs> I like Tales from the Hood 2. Then again, it's not my demographic that's being insulted. <laughs> Let's remember this. It's not actually my demographic being. I'm a person of color, but different color. Uh, so it's not my demographic being insulted. Although I think I recall like a Puerto Rican. They always have like one Puerto Rican, one Cuban in their sassy woman who snaps her gum, which is, you know. I just want, love that uh, you know, in the, in the spirit. And I guess Jordan Peele is trying to rectify that, but um, people like Jordan Peele. But it's, you know, I just want, yeah, more sophisticated black horror. You know, it ain't always got to be so-and-so in the hood. You know, it could just be, I'm a black businessman. And this is, uh, you know, and I'm being haunted by ghosts. That's my life. See, like, I like films that are, like, in the hood. Because, uh, so going back to the Paranormal Activity movies, Jonathan, did we cut you off? Were you saying something? No, no, no. I was, okay. uh, uh, I was going to say, well, I was just going to, I was going to mention kind of like that. Uh, and then I went to, like, looking it up um, to see if it's actually classified as a horror movie. But, um like Parasite, a movie like Parasite, it's technically a thriller more than a horror movie, but um, I didn't like and, and it's also like a I love Parasite. Movie. I thought it was good. Although I did think some of the my only issue with Parasite, which is not really an issue, it's more just a nitpick thing, is from a director's standpoint where I was like a couple of these shots, I'm like, yeah, this is cool, but is this necessary to tell the story or are you just doing it because this would look cool? Uh, my, as far as some of the transitions and stuff. My whole problem with Parasite was that the implication of Parasite is, you know, embedding yourselves into their lives, and which they did, but they didn't completely. They were still outsiders. They were still not fully latched on. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, even more where they, where, where they slowly involved themselves more in, like, their personal life than just, like, being servants to them. They could have definitely like involved in personal life. They could have gotten more like in depth there and like, you know, more, just a little bit more. I felt like it was lacking in what it was 
presenting. I felt like they were, you know, it was uh, getting across because they, they would, they were, you know, clearly the, the message of parasite is that they're just leeching off of these people's uh, privilege to be able to get jobs and get money and stuff like that. But at the same time, much, much like most parasites, they're still outer body things like if you get you know if you have a leech on your body the leech doesn't then eventually become a part of your body it'll still forever always be an yeah, outside but a leech isn't a parasite off of you but but nonetheless a yeah, parasite is actually like within you yeah it the parasite literally first starts out and then embeds itself it burrows into you and that's the whole thing about parasiting it's that it gets inside you it becomes part of you and it takes over certain parts they didn't do that. They still stay disconnected. And it's also, they were doing what they had to do to get a job. Like, I don't know. There was something about that where I'm like, maybe because, I don't but know. That didn't they were doing me. it to, in a way where they were screwing over other people. And they even have that discussion where they try, like, uh, or at least, uh, I don't know if it's the dad. I forget who brings it up. But one of them, like, when they're chilling in the house, they bring up, uh, hey, you think, uh, what's his face that was the driver, like, got a job or, or whatever? And it's like, when you realize, and uh, you realize then also at that same, shortly after in that same scene, that the housekeeper is embedded into the house because yeah. the father eventually like lives in the house. Yeah, in, like, that's in, in a secret compartment. So you know, it's uh, I felt like Parasite on the the ideas of theme was really interesting, and every uh, whenever I go back and dig into the movie, I always find something new. That's, I just- like, New stuff. Oh, like they could definitely done more with it. They had great potential, great scenery, and everything. I'm not like criticizing the acting or anything. I just think it had such more potential. It was such a powerful film um, that it could have just gone a step further. Plus, way, but. I still always like. I still don't know because not being uh, from that country, I don't know how far would have been too far. At least as far as like believability from that country standpoint of like, cause they only like in the movie, they only get like what, like community service or whatever. And then they don't go to jail, but I don't know the laws in that country. So I don't know how far they could have gotten uh, without being put in jail essentially, or, or without, or, or without them having to be put in jail for, to, for the story to make sense. So I don't know, but uh, nonetheless, Parasite is a good movie. Two things for me about Parasite. First, I felt really bad for the housekeeper. Like when she showed up and her uh, eye was swollen and you don't know why. Um, which, by the way, they're apparently making a um, spinoff series. The uh, same director is going to direct it and it's going to be for HBO. And some of those questions will be answered um, from the movie. Like, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Um, secondly, I thought it was great like for representation because this movie blew up and everybody was talking about it everybody wanted to see it i know i saw some people um talking about how people were complaining about the subtitles like or not complaining but like it was their first introduction to subtitles which is crazy in america we shouldn't limit ourselves to only things that are in english i get I understand sub to the issues with subtitles uh, only from the standpoint of for some people, they don't like subtitles, not because they don't like to read the subtitles, but that the subtitles are distracting because you're not looking at the movie when you're trying to also read subtitles at the same time. 
So you could miss something happening because anyone who's watching it who that's their native tongue, they're just watching the movie. They're not reading the subtitles because they can understand the language. But if you don't, you're reading subtitles and any and you know for it's just, it's the equivalent of trying to read a book at the same time as you're watching a movie like you're, you're a bit see, that's the thing that like, you're that much older and that this is your first introduction uh to to subtitles like i've been watching that kind of stuff since like i was younger which is something you really should introduce your children to like i'm not saying to like Korean horror film, but uh, <laughs> to the fact that there's so much more because then you kind of get stuck in this I don't, well, yeah, no, this American cliche loop. Well, I think the same storylines, what feels like the same storylines over and over. Mm -hmm. Like, I absolutely love uh, international horror films. I'll watch a lot of them. Um, They get kind of weird. I can't, a lot (laughs) of, um, I can't watch a lot of Asian style horror films because, so one thing I don't like in horror films, there's one, there's a couple things I actually don't like. It's vomit, urine, and poop, bodily fluids. I'm fine with blood, guts, somebody getting bowed, cool with that. But the moment other bodily fluids get in, I don't know, there's something about it where I'm just really grossed out. And a lot of, I guess, Asian films, uh, going to Japanese, Chinese, Korean films that I've seen uh, of those cultures tend to use that as well. So I get really like, I'm like, no, this is hitting me in like a different, (laughs) this hits differently. Uh, So a lot of their films I can't watch because They'll use stuff I'm not accustomed to because I didn't get, you know, I didn't uh, get um, censored, not censored, censored when you stop watching. Like uh, desensitized? Or- desensitized to that. I'm perfectly fine watching a person get embowed, but um, yeah. Disemboweled? Disemboweled, both. But, you know, I... I, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I don't know. It might be because it might be also a culture thing because, like, for a lot of younger people and millennials, uh, anime is a big thing. And almost all of that is subtitled depending on what you're watching. So for them, I'm sure it wasn't an issue as far. And that's why a lot of millennials love Parasite. Uh, but I can see for the older crowd that isn't into, like, as much uh, subtitled content. It can be a it could be a bit of a, a struggle, but I do uh, think I've, international more international horror movies, international film should be appreciated because um, there are some really creative ideas coming out of the other countries uh, as far as horror movies and, and thrillers and everything else. I yeah I can I can I can like see the whole thing about you know you're missing out on the image when you have to read the subtitles. But I think, especially since America puts out so much content and international audiences, you know, they have to watch it with the subtitles or with the like janky dubbing or whatever. (laughs) If they have to endure with, with our mess, then we should endure with their content. I mean, that's fair. Um, Going back really quick to like what we were talking about, Tales from the Hood. One and two. I I think the no I, like I have an actual. I think the reason I like that so much is because I didn't grow up in that bad of an environment, <laughs> but I did you know grow up in like a poor area and like with the paranormal activity movies, they weren't really scary to me until I watched the uh, paranormal activity the Mark ones, which is involving a Hispanic guy in a poor neighborhood 
and like that twist was, ending for that movie though is that ended up really so good. It, good. <laughs> it was a good loop around. It was a good connection to everything, mm-hmm. but it it goes with him being in a tiny apartment with his grandmother. His friends the same deal, like all this stuff, and it was like, oh, I think it shows more like instead of being a suburban family, you know, happening slowly, it's really oh crap, it can happen to somebody right in the middle of the city. So I mean, this that's, is not a big part of this. That's uh, what uh, the same as uh, the Purge movies, and why the Purge movies. I was literally popular. just about to say yeah. that. That was dang. You well, stole no. my thoughts. You stole because, my thoughts. No, I mean, the, the first Purge, I was not into. No, not at all. The second but, Purge, definitely. Well, because oh, I was so into the first Purge. The okay, sequels you know, picked up after because they started focusing on the people and how it affects like poor neighborhoods and all that stuff. You know, you know what I will say about the horror genre in general is that when you have a concept within the horror genre you can stretch that for decades like look at um look at the halloween franchise look at the purge like the purge it, it it's such a it's it's not really it's a concept where you're like dang i wish i would have thought of that like crime is allowed for one night and you could go so many places with that. And they have, they literally have a TV series that's streaming like right now on Amazon. Is it and still on? Because I, I thought it got canceled. Up. I think it had like a season and a half or two seasons. Um, and it's also on Hulu as well. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's, that's an example of, you know, a franchise that can just like run itself dry. I, I bet you they have more Purge movies in the works as well, we speak. It's because when you when it comes to horror, I think the two things that make good or at least make lasting horror franchises, if not good horror franchises, is um, either uh, an iconic character, like somebody that you you like to not so much you like to root for, but a villain you just like watching like a Jason or a Freddy or Michael Myers. And and then the or the second thing is a really interesting world like the purge like the purge the idea is very simple but the idea the implications and the ideas around that con that simple concept gets your brain thinking like i mean so many people have had a thousand discussions about who they would be in the purge what crime would you do where would you go like if you had to like hide out for 12 hours and it's led to all these movies with different ideas of like well how does the elections work during the purge how does like people in the hood work what was the first purge like you know and it's led to all these different well that was the whole thing about the purge um i believe it was in the second movie the purge anarchy it was uh pretty much how they got rid of the poor how they got rid of people uh in lower income places which were mainly people of color and everything like that. So, and they had these government facility people going and collecting people and just straight up killing them. Or um, some people were actually selling them to these like rich people so they could get hunted. So that mm-hmm. was messed up. Uh, I really liked it because yeah, it was just more show like these people are the lower income. These people can't afford, you know, the steel doors or anything like that. The first purge annoyed me. The daughter was stupid. The son was the, 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 the first, like, kids the were dumb. Movie, I would the first <laughs> movie or the, the the first. Are you talking when you say the first purge? Are you talking about the movie, the first purge, or the first movie? The first movie. Okay, because the there's a movie called was, the first purge. And how big is your damn house that you're losing your children in them? 
They lost both children. They didn't just lose one. They didn't lose the other. <laughs> they lost both kids multiple times because they're like, stay here. And when they came back, neither child was there. Mm-hmm. I, I did not like either of those kids. <laughs> and then, spoiler alert, Ethan Hawke dies in the end. Yeah, because of his daughter's stupid mistake. Letting in some crazy... Well, no, his boyfriend. son let in the, the homeless dude, and then his daughter hid the boyfriend in there. Like, is no, 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 the boyfriend didn't... She didn't know the boyfriend was still in there. Right, 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 right. That's true. Um, but nonetheless, it's just that movie. I like. I respect that first movie as a great way to introduce the concept. But I think they quickly learned right after that first movie that okay, clearly, this is a concept that's great to see the world, like what's going on in the streets, not be shut up in a house yeah. for the entirety of this movie. I agree with that. It gave way to a better concept. That I actually gave to the movie. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked the first two. I, I've only seen the first two. I haven't seen like the Independence Day or the election. Election was all right. Uh, the first purge I felt like was a lot better mm-hmm. uh, of a movie. I you have not seen the first purge. I watched, I just recently, I want to say, uh, watched the election year and I was like, yeah. I, I really liked the first one. The like the initial movie um, because I kind of like that concept. Sorry, I'm looking some something up while I'm talking, but um, I like that concept of it all taking place, you know, in one night in one um, central location, um, and you're even though it takes place in one location, you can you, you still can't track everyone, and you're trying to keep track of every character and everything, um, and movies like that. Like um, the first pur- or I keep saying the first purge when it's the first movie. Um, movies that take place in one like location, I'm really drawn to. Um, like, and I'm trying to pull up the name of the movie right now, so I'm trying to stall. Um, it is called. It is called. Mind um, you. <laughs> don't breathe have you guys seen that one yeah Is that the one where she's in like the basement and she's like yeah that's the, that's that the, movie. the closer for the movie is her like this yeah see I, that one is the same thing as unsane where it has just too many things going on i thought no i mean i felt it was fairly simple it's just it's just the when the twist comes it's just one of those things where i was like you know, out of all the things I thought was going on in this movie, this is the last, not even, well, correction, it wasn't even on the list of, like, what the twist of the movie was going to be. <laughs> uh, it just, it took me by surprise. That was one of the first horror movies that I'd seen in a long time that actually surprised me with, like, when you find out what's, what's going on with this character, like, the villain character. The, the blind man. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought it was just, I mean, and granted, that's what the marketing material was, was that it's like these teenagers trying to break in this uh, blind man's house. And then turns out this blind man is the wrong blind man to mess with because <laughs> he basically is daredevil. <laughs> yeah, which I kind of found a little. I don't know. I, I think the twist was unneeded, honestly. Mm. I think the twist was kind of like he became daredevil. 
And, like, I get if he had, like, some dark secret in his basement, but, like, trying to impregnate somebody that was kind of creepy. Like, that that was creepy. Then the turkey baster, when he's just like... Yeah, that was, like... mm. That's another movie. Wow. I definitely definitely blocked that out, but now I'm, like, remembering it. It's okay, too. Uh, But, I mean, I do like a good bottle horror movie uh, if it's done well. Um, You know, it's... I think I... Like, Don't Breathe was okay. I wouldn't say it's, like, my favorite, um, but it was a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, what ones are really good. A horror movie I like that is... Uh, in one location, kind of, mostly because it was low budget, was A Quiet Place. I really enjoy that movie a lot. Quiet, Quiet Place was really good. I think it was done very well. Yeah. My, and with the sequel coming out, which I'm sad that's also postponed for a bit, um, yeah. but I, my only concern with when I saw the sequel was that it wasn't going to be as horrifying because you're like most of the time most movies that start out as horror movies the second one especially if the the ending of the first one is we figured out how to kill the monster the normally the second one is then like the action movie because that's what they did for alien and terminator and it. All those and it too yeah where it's like the first movie is more terrifying because you're dealing with characters who don't understand what they're dealing with and they don't know how to take to kill the thing they're dealing with and then they figure it out by the end of the movie and so the next one, they're like, well, they know how to kill it. So I guess we'll just make them like super cool or like a mercenary or an assassin of these creatures now or, or some type of thing where they're now like fully prepared for the situation. Mm-hmm. And it kind of yeah. loses the horror aspect of it a little bit. Yeah, it becomes more or less about like surviving in the mo- moment and more so like getting ready for war. Right. What do you guys think about horror TV series? Because I just started last night, The Haunting of Hill House. Um, and oh, that's so good. Okay, I've, I've been hearing, one of my coworkers recommended it to me, and I've been hearing things about it. I know it got released months ago, um, and I really like some of the actors in it, like uh, Victoria Progetti, she was on You, and uh, Mikhail Hausman. So I'm I'm all in at this point. I just have to to watch it. I just I like started half of the first episode. So I got I think wait. it depends on what your level of horror is because like Hunting a Hill House for example is on a streaming service. So they can get away with a lot of crazy gruesome stuff. But then when you think of something like an American horror story which is on like network TV, they can only do but so much. And they did try and push the envelope as much as they could but then you know because the first season's fairly creepy and scary yeah and then as and even the second season too but then you get the third season where it gets a little campy and silly with the witches and stuff and then the fourth season comes and then that was a little more campier and it's just with every new season it's like they hit a point where they just didn't know how to keep having new ideas and still be scary at the well, same time. Another issue with... Um, oh, crap. I, you were just talking about the show. American Horror Story? American Horror Story. My brain just stopped there. Um, <laughs> they were doing different concepts, but they were kind of ju- trying to do like an anthology movie where they're mixing it all together in the end, too. Like There's a mutual connection between every story, which like is okay, but 
you have to have that definitely plotted out way at the beginning and it's kind of clear they didn't yeah yeah it's all kind of in the same universe and stuff and they were like we're kind of tying in everything together but it's like you guys kind of i i think you guys decided around the second the third or fourth season that you were definitely going to link it everything together Mm -hmm. um for uh the house the hell on haunting haunting on hill house haunting on hill house is a really good movie and after you watch it um I would watch other stuff about it, like, oh, like, oh, you could spot the ghost in the house. You didn't know this, or you didn't know, and you were like, oh, that makes it so much creepier, because they were able to put it in plain sight, but you were so drawn in by, like, the story, or by what the actor was doing, or by what you were feeling, or trying to kind of figure it out for yourself, being like, okay, there, there's definitely a connection. there's an explanation or something that like you end up missing creepy stuff because you kind of want to play detective here. Mm. Alex, by the way, you were talking about trying to spot the ghost and this white being behind you just started walking up against the white wall. Snowbell. (laughs) She just got up a little bit. (laughs) And it was, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, I saw her go like this, and I'm like, wonder if she's going to start screaming at me. It reminds me of um, another good horror. Well, horror-ish, but not really, is uh, Penny Dreadful. I used to love that show. Still do. It was a great show. Um, And if you don't know what it is, it's um, a show where it's basically trying to tie together all the Penny Dreadful novels from the Victorian era. So stuff like Dracula, Frankenstein, uh, Dorian Gray. Um, all, all, all that stuff later in later seasons, you get Dr. Jekyll. So, and it, and it was, uh, but it was trying to do it in a much more like realistic horror way where it's, uh, a lot more, a lot slower. It's not trying to be all actiony kind of like a league of extraordinary gentlemen. It's more trying to be more introspective and psychological. And you still have a lot of these disturbing horror moments especially dealing with the devil and dealing with dracula and stuff and it was a really good series and i i highly recommend it um and they were thinking of renewing it because it ended in the third season and now they're bringing it back uh with natalie dormer from um game of thrones being in it and it takes and uh because the penny dreadful original series takes place in um like victorian era uh, London and the new series takes place in uh, I want to say like 1920s 1930s LA or something like that so I'm really curious to see what the new Penny Dreadful series is going to be like see I kind of lose interest when things add like the devil they add demons yeah that's not true but like the devil is a specific religious icon and so it kind of is like, oh, okay, so this is teetering into, like, specifically Christianity evil, which I always, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound condescending, but it is, I am, I am, what I am saying is kind of condescending. Um, I find it a little hilarious with these movies. Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, holy water will protect you, the cross and stuff. Um, but they claim these demons were there before, like, God shed light. So how is religious stuff that man made protecting you from something that was there before the religion was? Well, I like it, when the stories are like, like... It's a wooden piece you keep throwing <laughs> at me. What the hell? Why do you keep throwing water in my face? I think it's more so getting annoyed. 
I mean, I like the idea of uh, like, for example, I forget what movie I watched, but there's uh, some movie where it was that it's holy water, but it's only holy water because a ordained priest who's clearly like tapped in with God consecrated it and made it holy water. You could you didn't just put a cross in the water and it's like, OK, it's holy now. It's like that, that's not how that works. Like there's got to be some if if the idea is that you know demon magic or mysticism or whatever you want to call it uh supernatural aspects is what we're dealing with we're going to need some supernatural people to help rectify that that includes like holy preachers or something like that uh kind of like a, a john constantine type um yeah but he wasn't going on or anything like that no but demonologist, i'll give you that um quick question i am an ordained minister can i make holy water Ah, I, I assume you can. <laughs> and I have like rosaries I mean, from Mexico. every movie is told said so. <laughs> I have rosaries from like Mexico that are made out of actual like wood from different trees. Does that mean I can actually make holy water? But that's different than a priest, right? That's true. I think a priest is different than an ordained minister. But I'm still technically a minister, and <laughs> I probably have more. S- sacred rosaries than the priest around here do also <laughs> i'm sure it's from. i'm sure a piece of faith has to go into it too like you gotta have enough faith to make that holy water really holy you know like make it potent <laughs> i kind of gave up you want to talk. <laughs> the demon's coming for me it's coming for me I'm <laughs> don't give me that um, look, okay we're about approaching time um to round out the episode if you had to recommend a horror movie to someone and they'd never seen it what would be your number one recommendation and we'll go around the room um jerome you can start first uh let's see horror movie to recommend uh i would say you know in the vein of of straight like horror but it's a little campy so it's a little more fun to enjoy um for the people who aren't who maybe they they don't have a different palette for horror movies um I would say an Evil Dead 2 just because it's it's campy it's fun so if even if you don't you're not into like the creepy aspects of it you can maybe have a little fun with it and make fun of like some of the cheap effects and stuff like that but if you are into horror movies it still is a little creepy there's still moments that are scary um, and spooky the deadite makeup is still holds up really well and uh, it's just an all-around good movie to start out your horror career no matter like no matter what you're trying to get out of horror, essentially. What about you, Jonathan? Because we didn't hear much from you this episode. I would say I would have to go with us because I love a good horror movie that infuses other aspects, um, such as comedy, such as an adventure movie. Um, I love when, when any movie has some sort of adventure aspect to it um, where they're on some mission to to chase something or running away from something um also we didn't talk about this movie but and it doesn't classify at all as a horror movie but some people might argue that is the whiz i've seen that movie about 10 times (laughs) it's not a horror movie (laughs) that's a musical it's not it's a musical it's a musical but there if you watch that movie there are aspects of it that are terrifying, and that's what I love about it. I love that movie, but it is terrifying. 
Um, when she lands in Oz, the way those munchkins appear from like the darkness and also the look of Eveline, just Google like Eveline the Wiz and you'll get nightmares. So, um, listen, when Diana Ross and Michael, you know, he's on down, he's on down the road, you know, that's that's my jam. That's that's not a horror movie at all. It's fun. I've heard you saying that once because I've known you. Not That's because we've never talked about the Wiz before. But let me tell you something: the Wiz is the is the best. We got to do like a watch party for the Wiz or something, <laughs> like a reactionary, uh, a, re- a reaction podcast to the Wiz or something. The Wiz is great; it's a fantastic movie. It is good. Michael Jackson as the Scarecrow. That man sung his heart out as the, um, as the Scarecrow. Them crows. Anyway, <laughs> so that's your horror. Uh, us and the Wiz. That's a very broad pick for horror films. I will give you that. You're giving people options. Exactly. Um, Alex, how about yours? Um, I like with me, uh, horror films are like I'm so into them, and I do like the ones sometimes that are kind of like crappy or some that go a little too far. Admit, um, but for somebody who just kind of wants a good fright and kind of wants to like get into it uh insidious it was really good and i think the second insidious it gets a little boring because there's a lot of explanation um but like the whole franchise is really good they stopped too at, at they made four they tied them together really well um, there is an order to them. It's not in the right order, but there is an order to them. It's done really well. The framing, the music they use, you know, makes you, it matches your heartbeat. You know, the monsters seem just enough to make you wonder like, holy crap, what's behind her? You know, and it's that, it's that whole frightening where it's, um, it's coming after somebody so young. Cause you're always like, Oh, they're a kid. They're innocent. So they're protected from, you know, evil cause they're innocent and it's a young soul. But like this way of showing like, yeah, kids are more powerful than people think there's more strength to them. And because of that, um, because their world isn't yet, their view isn't yet corrupted, I guess is the best way to say it. They can see more. And because of that, it allows so much more to enter this world. So it kind of like messes with the fact that, the imagination of what you had when you were a kid, those imaginary friends, those imaginary monsters, those bedtime stories. And I was like, are they actually real or like what? Because the little boy has all these drawings. So Insidious, Insidious 2, 3, and 4, like I really love those movies. And I think for more modern horror films, they were done so well. Modern horror films tend not to scare me very much anymore, but those I'll still get like a chill to them. They'll still creep me out very well. So definitely Insidious. Nice. Well, I think this was a good discussion. Horror show gonna, retrospective. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch Unsane. I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah. And Haunting of Hill House. I'm going to watch that. There's supposed to be a new season coming out of a different one in 2020. They never gave an actual release date. But now, because of the, uh, the COVID-19, I'm not sure. Probably pushback. Yeah, like everything's been pushed back, which is fair and understandable. Everybody's safety comes before entertainment and things like that. Mm-hmm. The safety of individuals comes before that. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
I'm hoping Penny Dreadful, Penny Dreadful Season uh, 4 is supposed to come out this year, so I'm curious. Uh, I mean, they already released a bunch of trailers, so that leads me to believe they're done filming, and they're probably just editing. So it should come out, but uh, if not, I, I, I will wait for it. They probably not, might not want to release it yet because they can't do like a lot of like the premieres and stuff like that, and they're well, advertising. Because it's on Showtime. So oh, yeah. Uh, who knows? Because that's at least on a cable network. Because uh, I think Westworld's doing really well because everyone's at home on because uh, it's just on HBO for you to just watch. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but I'm sure it's like it is a, a debate in the uh, it, as to whether it'll come out or if it'll at least come out when they said it was going to come out and if it'll come out later. That's yeah. Well, I guess well, that's it. Session. Yeah. Um, we hope you enjoyed this discussion with Behind the Usher Station. Uh, let us know your favorite horror films, any that we didn't mention, any that we should check out. Um, and until then, I'm Jonathan. You can find me at Jonathan Keys on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Uh, where can we find you at, Jerome? You can find me at not Jerome Rhett on uh, Instagram. And uh, that's it for now. But I am working on some stuff for quarantine. So I'll, like, once it's actually up and updated, then I'll probably get that then later. But you know. And you can find me, Alex, at Living My OKS Life on Instagram. I'm mainly there doing weird stuff in the morning because I wake up so damn early. Nice. <laughs> You can email us behind the usher station at gmail.com. You can catch us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at behind the usher station, and Twitter at usher station pod. We will see you all next time. Yep. Be LBL, guys. Be safe. Bye. Take care. Wash your hands. Stay yeah. isolated. <laughs> Enjoy those horror films. <laughs>